Hola, amor. Hola, cariño. And welcome to Uy, Que Horror, a Latinx horror movie podcast with Johnny and Eileen. I'm Johnny. And I'm Eileen. <laughs> hey, girl. Hi. <laughs> How's it going? Oh, you know, just in Florida today, every episode so far has been me in a different city. She's a traveling gal. I'm a traveling hoe. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Or uh, hoe, if you prefer. Sure. Uh, I'm in Florida in a... Airbnb closet, Mm -hmm. enjoying the company of my family, using uh, horror movies as an excuse when I do need a break, and um, Mm -hmm. that's been a weird explanation. Boundaries. Yeah, trying to explain what podcasts are, which is, it's rough. Uh, (laughs) And then like trying- Just don't even start. Yeah, and and then trying to be like, hey, be proud of me. Look at what I'm doing, and uh, not getting the reaction. The that validation. I would like. Yeah, yeah. It's been um, it's been rough, uh, but that's my Tiliana <laughs> for me. So. Oh man, I would expect nothing less from her. Oh my god! So very quick Thanksgiving story. Please. My friend Jenna came to Thanksgiving here in Florida with me. Oh, she lives, I love that. Yeah, she lives close by. So my Tiliana, who is notoriously a piece of work, (laughs) she has her feet up when Jenna comes in. I'm like, Tia, this is my friend Jenna. And my Tia's like, I'm not going to get up. Oh, no. (laughs) And then then later on, she, I mean, she says hi. She's like, hello, hello. I'm not going to get up. Is that okay? (laughs) And I was like, oh, boy. And then later on, I'm starting to cook, and she pulls my little shoulder, and she goes... Y tu amiga está vacunada. <laughs> and I was ah. like, yeah. And I was like, yes, mm-hmm. tía, she's, she's vacunada. Importante. <laughs> no mm-hmm. te preocupes. She's like, ah, bueno, pues, porque una nunca sabe que no sé qué. I was like, oh, okay, tía. Oh, Jesus, Mary. But, I, hey, that's a valid question. That is a I very mean, valid question. Not, I mean, it's very hard for me to not to separate politeness and like actual, you know, taking care of yourself, which well, is hello. something I need to Growing talk to my therapist. Growing up in Latin America, that's like, yeah. I must be polite and yeah. good. And respectful. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, well, I'm so glad that you get to spend some time with her though, because even though she's a staunch, stubborn woman, she is one of the most <laughs> incredible women I, I've had the pleasure of knowing of meeting she, so. she's a she's a good one to have in your corner let's just you, say oh that. yes yes absolutely totally. uh we'll tell you a lot more about her hopefully in <laughs> in, the, in, in future episodes in coming episodes <laughs> what if one day we're like and we can roll with special guest iliana remigi and everyone's um, like <laughs> This she, está pasando, she, pero she, we're making this happen. I would love it so much. Oh my god, she would hate it. Are you kidding me? A fucking. I mean, whore? she's literally in the next room. You could just be like, Thea. She's not like, here. Oh. She, we're oh. not staying with her. No way, oh. dude. Are you oh, kidding? Wow. Okay. No, I thought would, you were all staying together. No, we would blow our fucking brains out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, smart choices again. Boundaries. All right. Boundaries. Well, let's uh, let's start doing what we're here to do. Yes, another um, type of horror, not family horror. Not family horror. horror. Let's talk about this horror movie that I picked this week. Actually, this is another suggestion. Yes. And look, not to toot our horn here, but toot toot. 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 Beep beep, <laughs> because. 
the director of the movie that we watched and that we're going to talk about today. The his writer name is, director. Writer the... director, even fancier. His yeah. name is Javier Atridge. Atridge. Atridge, sure. At- Atridge, I think. He found, I believe he has listened to Uy Que Horror. He, uh, he found us on Instagram, I believe. I and think so. he sent us a message and was like, you should talk about my movie, Wekufe. Mm-hmm. I think you'd love it. I'd love it if you'd watch it, talk about it. I love it. We love each other. Let's talk. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? We're going to fucking do this today. So today we are talking about the 2016 yeah. film Wekufe from Chile. Like we said, written and directed by Javier Atridge. I believe it was just recently released, like 2021 released like on streaming services. Yes, I think it has been out for a while in Latin America, but recently yeah. it has been able to be put out into streaming. So I think that's why he was doing a big push of like, hey, watch this movie. I know it came out, but like, you know, yeah. press play on where I mean, way to promo your movie, yeah. dude. Ma- yeah, make good job. Money. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about this movie today. Why don't you give us a little synopsis? Absolutely. Thank you, IMDb. I hope you have the happiest holidays. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I- I'm IMDb. What's your address so I can send you a Christmas card? Uh, okay, Wekufe. A student travels with her boyfriend to Chiloé, a remote Patagonia island in southern Chile, to investigate the link that exists between the high number of sexual related crimes mm. and the myths and legends that surround this mysterious place. Now, in your IMDb thing, does it say myths? Legends, <laughs> yeah, like with myths, just an N, <laughs> myths, myths, apostrophe, and, and <laughs> like almost like chicken, chicken mac and, and cheese, mac and cheese, chicken and thighs, or something, Pie and th- <laughs> pies and thighs, or something uh, like that. Myths very, and legends, I myths and legends. Uh, when I was reading that, I was like, What? Okay, sure, sure. Why anyway, not? so let's talk about this movie. Here we go. You ready? I'm ready. All right, we open with a found footage segment in the woods that I was like, oh, we're in this movie all of a sudden. We're in the woods being hunted by a creature. I jumped. (laughs) Fully. There's a jump scare in the beginning of this film, which is not part of this movie. (laughs) No, it's literally like the little image graphic of the production company. (laughs) Right. So we get this non-related jump scare of this production company called POV Horror Found Footage Films. And then we hear lovely ocean sounds and our actual first shot of our film is of a young woman interviewing an old man. And she says to him, to this old man, you think of the corporate world as macabre and corrupt. And the old guy says, yes, here we're at the beach, but it's filthy with pollution because of the fishing industry. Salmon farmers have not only polluted Chiloé, they have also decimated the fishing grounds which can no longer sustain life. The empresas come to exploit the area and then they leave. That's what the corporations do. They take advantage of a place and of the people there. So right off the top, it's like, oh, this is know, a big money yeah. versus like the people of the land like right. message movie, yeah. you know? It's funny because we'll find out later mm-hmm. that it's like a history repeating itself kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Once we get to 
talking more about where this movie goes, yeah. we see that this first message of like industry destroying uh, nature and small communities and all that stuff is and like feels very colonialist and totally uh, and we'll get there it's i thought this was a smart way of like oh look things that are happening now have happened before and have been and were very dangerous before and they will Mm. continue to be dangerous now for the people of this land i was like oh this is a this is smart this is good yeah Yeah. way to kind of reel us in yeah no pun intended salmon fisheries okay so <laughs> eh, i just got it <laughs> then we get an intertitle that says antes de la llegada del español del español oh fuck bear with me en el mundo mapuche no existía la figura huecufe o maldad sino más bien todo dependía del equilibrio de fuerzas positivas y negativas pero no maléficas como el demonio Criatura existente y engendrada en la cultura cristiana. Which basically means before the fucking Spaniards came to the Mapuche land, yeah. there was no wecufe. It mm-hmm. didn't exist. Which they is didn't what know what that word well. meant. They didn't even know what it was. It w- Everything depended on like good and bad energy. There was nothing evil. There was no demonio, meaning like demon or devil. That is all like colonialist christian european yeah shit that does Bullshit. not it's not part of the like the indigenous culture here right, in Chiloé. Right, right which again i was like this is really interesting absolutely and then all those words disappear and we're left with one word wekufe the title of our film Again, this is all found footage. We cut to a store where Matias and Paula, who are this good-looking young Chilean couple, they're like doing some last-minute shopping for this trip that they're going on. Matias is like, he's filming himself, and he's like, we're going to the deepest, spookiest parts of Chiloé. We also realize here that although this couple is loving, they do seem like on edge. Like Paula is immediately annoyed with Matias. There's constant tension between these two. <laughs> yeah. She she shuts him down a lot because he's, you know, kind of a goober a little he's, bit. He's know? kind of a pill. He kind of, yeah. he's classic POV horror film guy that constantly wants to film everything. Yeah. And it's, there's a lot of stereotypical POV film stuff where it's like, are you filming again? Are you filming again? Dude, yeah. I told you not to fucking film kind of thing. And, and he does get like a little mansplaining at points. Yeah. But I will say, I don't remember what the dude's name was in Paranormal Activity, but he doesn't mm-hmm. get to like that level of oh God, no, just... irritation. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah, yeah, I yeah. was like, okay, he's 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 still likable and cute. He's very cute. Anyways, so, <laughs> oh, he's very, this is a great, like gorgeous couple. Yeah. We cut to their car where we find out that Paula is working on a school project in Chiloé. And let me just mention what Chiloé is. This is from Wikipedia. Chiloé Island, also known as Isla Grande de Chiloé, is the largest island of the Chiloé archipelago. (laughs) Archipelago. Off the west coast of Chile in the Pacific Ocean. I'm doing great. So that's what Chilo is. Yes. And still we don't know like what she's going to do in her school, college project, but we will find out. Yeah. And Matias is like, I'm going to use this opportunity while you, Paula, are doing your report to make a found footage horror movie. Right. And Paula's like, that's 
fucking stupid, dude. <laughs> All found footage movies are stupid. They make you dizzy. The premise is always un- unbelievable. And she even gives us like her best Heather from Blair Witch where she has the camera all up close in her face. And she's like, mom, dad, I'm so sorry. If you ever find <laughs> if you this find footage, this, I'm dead. <laughs> I'm dead and don't let any fucking assholes profit off my death. Whatever. It's funny because he's filming her and she describes point by point exactly what is going on in the shot. Yes. Because he's holding the camera. It's a little shaky. And she's like, it's always so shaky. It makes you want to barf. And then she's like, and then they play some dumb song in the background. And there's a dumb song playing in the background. Like literally... In this movie, there were a lot of these very, like, self-deprecating moments of... Self-referential. Yes. and Like I meta kind of shit. Very much so. Which I love that they weren't, like, smacking us in the face with it. Like, it was very subtle, but you still got to see it. And, like, mm-hmm. there was a lot of humor in this movie that I wasn't expecting. That I was like, yeah. this gentle giggle that I just had, I love it. Okay. Totally. <laughs> and, like, humor because of the fact that like we're watching a found footage movie and they're literally making fun of a found footage yeah, yeah, horror yeah. movie yeah. which I appreciate you know? I also appreciated it yeah so now Matias is all annoyed and he's like listen I'm not young anymore Spielberg made Duel at 25 Romero made Night of the Living Dead at 28 Raimi wrote and directed Evil Dead at 22 my Evil. time is running out Evil Dead <laughs> <laughs> Evil Dead. But I, I loved these fun facts here because I didn't know this shit. I Me was neither. Like, oh, damn. Yeah. That's cool. Okay, so now they're on a ferry. They're on a ferry bringing these two over to Chiloe. We see some cute seals. I oh just have to mention them. Adorable. I wrote seals. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Seals! Exclamation point. <laughs> so. Matias and Paula are like kind of trying to make up after being annoyed with each other. And Matias says, he mentions how the fairy ride reminds him of the old Greek legend of paying a gold coin to the ferryman for passage into the underworld. So Paula takes out a little coin. She makes a wish and she tosses it into the sea, which I thought foreshadowing. Oh, yes. Oh, no. Okay. So... (laughs) Now uh, we're off the ferry, they're back in their car, and we're with this couple. They're driving through Chiloe, which looks beautiful, honestly. So I've been to Chile before. uh I've I've traveled a few times to Chile. One of the times when I was down there uh, was in, it wasn't Patagonia or anything, but it was definitely like in a coastal region of Chile. Mm -hmm. And it gave me very much like memories of when I was traveling. and, And it's there's just something about it that's very... I don't know. I it made me feel nice to be like, hey, I kind of remember stuff like this, and I, yeah. there was a nostalgia vibe for me that I appreciated as well. When you were there, was it cold? I've been like a cold. Area? I've been to uh, in both during both times, chilly and warm. But the one, the area that I went to that gave me these vibes of this of Chiloe, I went when it was warmer, and that was ah okay yeah. yeah. So I've only been to Arica, which I believe is like northern Chile, right on the ocean, yeah, and it was yeah, like yeah. hot and fucking dry and yes. arid. Yeah, but I love like a coastal ocean town where you got to wear coats. Me you know? too. Yeah. There's something it's, about it's lovely. beach and chilliness that is just like, ooh, let me wear a coat and walk by the sea and the cool breeze. Ugh, just fantastic. It's like cozy and yeah. romantic. It feels yes. healthy. I don't know. It's but just, also it's kind really lovely. of spooky. There's something about yeah. 
dark like cold ocean gives yeah. you it's a chance for oh snuggles but also like ooh creepies oh, like, what's out there <laughs> yeah totally totally so they're in their car and Paula I don't know what this thing is called but she pulls down like the sun visor thing uh-huh. with the like mirror in it you know what I mean and Matias has placed a picture of himself and his mom in there when he was younger and Paula looks at the picture and she's like oh my goodness your mom was so beautiful she was unforgettable Gachai, which I, they say throughout this movie Dude, which I guess like <laughs> I love it love it <laughs> Because first of all, mm-hmm. I remember when I went to Chile, because I went when I was a little kid and that that, mm-hmm. that I don't really remember. But when I went as a like young adult in my early 20s, I was so confident. I was like, mira, yo hablo español, brother. Yo entro, yo mm-hmm. fucking la voy a matar. Y entro, y en, en, vamos y nos montamos en un bus. And on this bus, we have like a couple of um, Chilean friends that are going to like take us to wherever we're going. Mm-hmm. Y cuando yo te digo que yo no les entendía ni mierda, (laughs) I was sitting there like, and then the only thing I would catch was at the end would be Uh them saying, cachai. And I was like, I don't cachai. What is cachai? Which means like, cachas? Like, like, do you get it? Like, kind of, right? Are you understanding? Like, do do you catch my meaning? And I was like, no, no cachai or not. I do not cachai. (laughs) But I love that little saying. It reminds me of Bolivia because they said, I think they said cachas in Bolivia. Uh I can't quite remember. Yeah, the Spanish here, gorgeous, beautiful. I must say that taking notes, like, I, I tried my best to just be like, just listen to what they're saying. But right. I did have to really rely on the subtitles, subtitles a lot, sure. unfortunately. So Matias, he's like, yes, I yeah, my mom was beautiful. She was lovely. And one of the things that I missed the most about her was the color of her voice, which is such a lovely I thing to say. agree, dude. Cuando the color yo of your voice? Frase, I was like... Ah. El color de su voz. Like, and then even... Delightful. Wonderful. And then when Paula turns around and she's like, what do you mean? And then his description of what he thought yeah. the color of somebody's voice was. I was like, dude, you're nailing it. No wonder she's into you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's like, a voice can be light or dark. And he's like, my mom's voice was kind of oscura. And she sang beautifully. Mm-hmm. She used to sing a lullaby to me when I was scared at night about a boy who was taken care of by a neighbor because the mom had to work. And like, I honestly don't really know quite what that has to do with this film, but at least it's a a moment of like ternura between the couple, which is nice to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, especially among this like beautiful paisaje. The way that the the gold coin being tossed into the thing was very like ominous and like, ooh, foreshadowing. Mm. This felt foreshadowing in a protective manner. Like I was like, something about this is like okay this seems to be the moment where they'll be able to hold on to something at the end when or during when there's like madness and craziness or scariness exactly yeah so i was like okay especially with like a lullaby which is usually meant for like ah vamos a cantar una canción to let the baby know that like you're okay you're safe you're whatever Mm. so i that for me was like the protective foreshadowing rather than like you know what i mean that's a great observation. Yeah, because that's totally what happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll get spoiler there. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, spoiler. So they park, and Paula is pointing out this enormous 
hideous building. Qué horrible. Qué horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. She's like, Matias, look at this piece of shit. And so basically, and that's that's a building there. Yeah. Like, that's for real. Yeah. And the like the houses and the buildings surrounding it are beautiful. Don't like, look anything quaint, like it. Yeah. Quaint little homes, and then this horrible like modern looking humongous piece of shit yeah there's no way not to see it just like hovering above everything horrible see so the idea here is like this is a literal visual representation of like the corporations in Chiloé first of all not giving a fuck about how this shit looks but exploiting the island and the people Mm -hmm. we then cut to Paula she's back in reporter mode and she's being filmed by Matias and she tells us all about El Trauco. Mm -hmm. And this is what we're here for. Yes. So she says, El Trauco is the Chilean version of the Incubus. It's a magical and mystical being that only lives in the bosques on the island of Chiloé. It's a seducer of young women, and it is the doom of men. It's a deformed, repulsive dwarf, which, according to legend, appears in young women's dreams. Erotizadas y embrujadas del amor. The the Trauco (laughs) takes them into the woods to possess the women. The trauco is used to explain the paternity of all the natural-born children of Chiloé. However, this island, Chiloé, is also known for the great number of rapes, incest, no, not incest, (laughs) a fucking gan, femicidios, domestic violence, and unwanted pregnancies. These events account for more than 70% of the crimes committed in Chiloé. Since ancient times, these crimes were blamed on the trauco, but now we're confronted with the fact that this might be a huge lie and the justification of the raw reality that affects life on this island. Damn. Two okay. things. Uh-huh. When, while she's doing this, so like because this is her journalism project, she has like a little, she's holding like a journalist microphone and obviously mm-hmm. Matias is filming her and she's like doing the reporter thing where you like kind of walk sideways down uh, like whatever area you're in. Yeah. And at, at one moment she walks and into the frame comes <sighs> this horrible statue like with a big leaf hat. Yeah. And when I tell you, I go, <laughs> it comes into frame and I go, <laughs> it looks like to me, I was like, it's kind of scarecrow ish. Very scarecrow ish. Yes. It's got like a weird wooden painted face, like you said, that big green hat. Which a, was a leaf. It's wearing like a burlap, a leaf. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's wearing like a burlap sack. So we're to understand that that is, is like el a trauco. representation of yeah. El Trauco. Pero la otra cosa, I was like, uh-huh. how interesting that they've created a monster uh-huh. to blame violence against women on. Not only just like every, the, the list she describes of violence against women is literally, it's like all of it. All, oh, yeah. All of it. And they're like, and this one stupid legend will just say, oh, it was this weird dude that wears a hat, fucking leaf hat in the bu- a fucking in the bush. ugly dwarf in the woods. No, hold on, brother. I mean, it just... E- it- e- 70%. Like, it 70%. Dar el numero. 
And to mm-hmm. the fact that 70% of these, like that, that's how big the amount of d- violence against women there is. Mm-hmm. These crimes are happening in Chiloé. Yeah. And they're like, pero no te preocupes, solo es el trauco. It's Get just the, the fucking trauco. Fuck out of here. Pero también it just speaks volumes. You know, like I very much respect mythology and, you know, legend and everything. But they're it made for a really sheds a different light mm. on like, what is it that you believe and why? And if you really think about it, like, why do you think those myths and legends exist? Right. You know? And why are you still holding on to them in the 20th fucking century? Yeah. Cuando what are there we doing? Science, bitch. Hello. No 70%? Decir... Okay. Come on now. Come on. Come on. We cut to their hotel room the next morning and Paula's like, leave me alone. I didn't sleep well last night. Mm. And Matias is like, well, that's bonkers because you were speaking in tongues all night long Uh, uh, uh. and oh god uh (laughs) so the next time you do it i'm gonna record you so you believe me we then cut to a plaza where this is where paula's like dude you're still fucking filming like why are you filming and matias is like hello my found footage horror movie and she's like so you really intend on filming everything and he's like yes because i you know i want to put this together and like i appreciate them reminding us of the setup because when people are filming in found footage horror movie a lot of the time i'm just like put your camera down absolutely it's the it's the biggest complaint i think with you pov know. why that- are you filming why are you filming? Because having the other character that's being filmed remind you that this is a fucking annoying thing. Mm-hmm. It happens often, but like being reminded why he's being annoying is very important. Cause then, yeah, then you're like, okay, I'm still annoyed, but at least I know why he's being a pain in my ass. I honestly wish more found footage horror Agreed. movies would do it. I think Agreed. it's necessary. Si. Remind us. See, si. porque después you're just like, quiero vomitar. I'm fucking nauseous yeah. from looking at you. Turn your fucking camera off. Right. You would have put it down by now. So yeah. So thank you for reminding us. <laughs> also, everybody at this plaza is like. What's going on over there? Everybody's So they see this group of people with these horrible Ooh, masks. Wee, I'm so wee, sorry. Wee, I wee, mean, wee. no disrespect if these are like really like typical masks, but they're kind of scary, Dude, you know? I, here's the thing, bro. Uh-huh. No sé por qué, pero in the Latin American culture, there are so many countries that have like specific folklore things like dances and whatever that include weird, creepy masks. Yeah. En los Nicaragüenses tenemos un, un character. He's called El Güegüense. Uh-huh. And he ha- it's just like a blank f- mask whose eyes are dead in the face and you're just like okay well now we have to watch and he's like dancing around arms up or la gigantona which i'm pretty sure i've talked about before and there's a giant woman with a weird mask on (laughs) there's another one which is a horse mask and i'm like i don't like this guys i know it's our culture pero me da miedo no me gusta get your mask but the thing is they're beautiful though and like well made and painted like i remember there were ones that i remember from bolivia that were just like huge devil masks uh-huh. <laughs> and they're gorgeous but fucking terrifying but terrifying so, so this group there's like this blonde huge mask and this brunette huge mask and, and a this purple like face. weird and then like a purple bat 
bat face, and yeah. there's like a green monster face, and Very then there's Hulk. like a black devil face. Totally uh-huh. Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> so these masked people are playing music, like an accordion, and they're awkwardly dancing. So Matthias starts to film them, and then they stop dancing and playing their music. And just staring and down at the camera. Just staring. No, 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 no. Now, this was creepy. However, there was a choice in this movie that I just, like I've talked about this before. It's the paranormal activity rumble when anything spooky is happening. Sure, sure. And it happens here, and I was like, ah, okay, something's going on where like, I guess maybe these folks are like spooky or evil. I just, I don't need the rumble. Sure. Whatever, to each their own. So <laughs> we hear the rumble, and these scary masked people slowly approach Matias and Paula. So they're like, well, let's get the fuck out of here. Goodbye. Bye. We're quickly back in the hotel room, and Paula has taped like news reports to the hotel room wall for, for her school project. And these news reports, they're like, rapes of teens go unpunished. Worker investigated for incest. Incest is a common practice in remote Chiloé. There's a protest over the Escuela de Arte Nazi Augusto Pinochet Imaginate. in Chiloé. <gasps> Dude. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. (laughs) Okay. So now we're back at the plaza and Paula is attempting to interview Jose Ramon Balaguer, who is the governor of Chiloé. And all of a sudden, this old disheveled man comes up and interrupts them. And I almost was like, did this really happen? So there's a lot of moments in this film that I was like, because it's, you know, her her project is based on interviewing people about El Trauco and Chiloé and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, either they got some great actors to do this. But, yeah. Or these people are like legit real people. And I think they are the people. I agree. I don't yeah. think this, this moment, if this moment was staged, mm-hmm. that man they found to do that fucking killed it because i was like oh my god they kept this this happened in real it felt very real i agree 100 percent. where i was just like this man feels like he lives yeah in chiloe el se ve indígeno like he looks like an Mm -hmm. indigenous man and when and he comes up and he points the finger at the governor and he's like Mm -hmm. you're not doing anything to protect us here in chiloe we have these huge fishing manufacturers ruining our fucking shit basically is what he's saying and i was like props dude because this felt legit cast this man in all your films (laughs) and make him the lead (laughs) because he's damn good awards all around Uh, oscars 2021 2022 (laughs) this young man best supporting actor (laughs) so he says some kind of like confusing things and then the governor and this old man have like a weird staring contest which Mm -hmm. i don't totally get because there's that weird rumbling underneath again and then the old man leaves so paula continues her interview and she says we're doing a report on the trauco myth what do you think governor about the numerous unwanted pregnancies attributed to the trauco and the governor's like oh the myth was used by women to cover up infidelity which ooh, uh-huh. humongous red flag there ah. also and there because he's like i see okay, you know women because he says to cover up the affairs of women and i'm like oh so mm. you're fucking pointing fuck the you. finger yeah fuck you bitch Fuck, fuck you. you. So I was like, mm, I don't trust this motherfucker. I'm oh, with no. the fucking homeless dude that's like, yeah. una mierda. 
Yeah, at me too. Yeah. Off the t- like right off the top, you're like, no, you suck. Yeah. So Paula's like, well, what do you think about the rapes and the incest that account for seventy fucking percent of the crimes here? And the governor's like, I don't know where you got those statistics. It's been years since those crimes occurred here. The district attorney can prove what I'm saying. Chiloé is now modern. There's great education. There's a strong police force, and also the Christians have arrived and they're taking over everywhere, which is fabulous. <laughs> I'm says, Christian. I believe in God. I believe in God. Yay, God. (laughs) And he says, Chiloé is a center for the industrial revolution, like the salmon farms who have brought jobs to the population. And then Paula's like, well, do you believe in the trauco? And the governor says, if I say no, it's bad for tourism. And if I say yes, it's the end of my political career. Again, let me just say I'm a Christian. I love God. God, (laughs) God, God, God. And by the way, most of the people here on this island believe in God. And Paula's like, actually, uh-huh. no. Our investigation says that most of the people who live here don't believe in your idea of God that puts uh-huh. mankind at the center of belief. She says, your God doesn't exist to the Mapuche people. Christianity has tried to disguise that. The Mapuche believe that a higher power does exist, but not that mankind is at the center of the universe. And I was like, oh, she's going in. I literally was like, ooh, this bitch ooh, girl. is like, I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and she's just like, she keeps saying like, no, estás equivocado. Estás I, equivocado. I was like, I could watch that. this forever. <laughs> yeah. I could watch this forever. It was so good. <laughs> And so the governor's like, I see that you don't believe in God. And she's like, no, 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 estás equivocado. (laughs) Like many of the people who live here, I also don't believe in that white bearded God brought over by the colonizers, uh, sowing psychological terror that gives man the right to exploit the environment for his own benefit, just like what is happening here on this island that is being devastated forcing the people of this island to work for an industry that doesn't belong to them, Mm. it doesn't benefit them or help them, it oppresses them. Mm. Bam. Yes, bitch, bam. I I fucking love it. Yeah, (laughs) And the governor is like, blasphemy. And Paula's like, actually, I'm not done. (laughs) By the way, your industry has the worst standards in the world. And the governor's like, this interview, he starts to walk away. Paula's still like, I'm not done, honey. (laughs) She says, how is it in this day and age, we have the same foreign investment protection created during the military dictatorship, which I believe means the, hello. And the governor's like, Off he goes. And so after the interview, Paola is like, did you fucking hear him, Matias? He treated me like I was blasphemous, like I should have been burned at the stake. Se pasó. Yeah. Which I was like, "Uh uh-oh, not good. Not good. Because she's right. Yeah. He was like, you're a witch. And he's someone of power, which is... And Christian, yay God. And a lover of God. (laughs) So we cut back to that interview from the very top of the movie with that old guy by the ocean. And I believe this man's name is, like for real, because yeah. it says it in the movie, but I believe this in real actual life. man yeah. is Renato Cárdenas. And he is the director of the Archivo Bibliográfica y Documental de Chiloé. So Paula asks him how the Trauco legend 
originated on the island. And he says that there were interracial relationships because the Spaniards arrived without women. Can I just say this in Spanish? Because I favor. Oh my loved God, please. this fucking line. Please. He very gently is like, lo que ocurre dentro de este mestizaje, mm. que es primero biológico, porque los españoles llegaron sin mujeres. Mm. So, like, that lands so hard. Like, the reason why there is this mestizaje, this uh, mixed race moment, is because the Spaniards arrived without women. So they colonize literally, our, physically, our women. Mm -hmm. And then he says, La madre de Chiloé es Mapuche. Mm. Because your source of life is women. Yeah. And the Spaniards quite literally colonized the women. Oof. Dude. I Horrible. was like, this is a <sighs> this is legit. Okay. Yeah. So he continues, he says, so now there is this mestizaje, and there are also he also says there's like a mestizaje in the myths, See? in the legends. Uh-huh. He says that no one says that the Trauco myth is Mapuche because it also has other elements. Inside of the legend is a European force which is Christianity. Imaginate. That's the idea. I mean, that's the idea of good and evil. So in the Mapuche culture, the Wekufe is evil. And that's where the Calcu, I believe is how it's called, or mm -hmm. Brujo is introduced. And here he kind of like starts saying like the Brujo in this story is introduced through a stick or a hair. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I didn't get it either. But then he gets a call on his cell phone, mm. and he's like, excuse me, I got to go. Perfectly placed phone call. So yeah. you're like, hmm. And also important to just drop the information about the caicu, the, the brujos. Yeah. Very, very quickly, we get a shot of Matias filming like a big-ass forest fire out in the hills, mm. and both Matias and Paula are like, what the fuck is that? And she and she's also said she says there's been a few incendios yeah. since we've been here. Like I've heard of a few. Y por qué será que hay tantos incendios? Like why are there so many fires these days? Yeah. Great. Okay. Mm, interesting. Just a plop of info. We cut to yet another interview with an old man. This man, who I also believe this is this man's actual name, is Agreed. Filiberto Lavarca, and he's the director del Parque Mitológico Chacao. Adorable. And he's adorable, kind of creepy. And he knows a lot about Chilota myths. He says that long ago, there were lots of dangers in the woods and young girls slash young women were told never to go into the woods because in the woods lived a little spirit with a big dick. <laughs> <laughs> Con un pene grande. I was like, I was like, whoa. Oh, this took a turn. Yeah. Okay. So... <laughs> So we are 12 years old. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, come on. Because we're literally yeah. like, and myths dee, and dee, dee, the dee, fucking dee. do uh, this and that and blah, blah, blah. Pene grande. And you're like, oh, I, oh, I'm sorry. Whoa. All right. Okay. You've got my attention now. Yes. And so so he's like, this fucking little spirit with a big dick would de deflower them and get these women pregnant, which is awful. Yeah. And then uh, Paula asks, do you doubt 
the Trauco myth. And he says, like, this gets kind of muddled and confusing to me because he's like, no way, the legend is the legend and everyone has seen it. And he's like, they've seen it. So they've seen him like the end of a rainbow. What? Yeah, I got confused by this thing. I literally wrote down, okay, old dude. (laughs) I just wrote, huh? Okay, Okay, so people have seen it slash not. I don't know. But then his phone rings. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh, so what's going on? And in the meantime, we get another kind of like meta found footage thing while he's on the phone and Paula's like, she talks about how bad CGI ruins horror movies. And I was like, is this me and Eileen talking right now? Because <laughs> we always are like, Ew, the CGI, CGI took me out of it. Yeah. <laughs> And Matias is like, yeah, because your imagination is the most powerful thing. It can scare you the most. And then the old man comes back from his call and he says, the truth is that all the natural born children of Chiloe are children of the Trauco. But then he says, you are profaning our culture. So get out of here. Yeah. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. This took a fucking turn, bro. The phone call and everything. I was like, I'm kind of creeped out by this dude. It was yeah, it's creepy. And this is the second very convenient, like, let me take you out of here phone call that we get. Yeah. So. This mm. interruption. Mm. Weird. So Matias then sets up the camera to film him and Paula overlooking Chiloe. It's gorgeous. Very pretty. He starts to say that the Cthulhu legend from <laughs> Lovecraft is uh-huh. from Chile. Yeah. And he's like, if you read the legend of Cthulhu, I think that's how you say it. Cthulhu? Whatever. Bro, you know what I'm saying. Also, yeah. Cthulhu. The tentacly Tentacly monster. Monster, yeah. Eileen <laughs> just put a, like, a hand underneath her chin and wiggled it around. <laughs> um, he's like, the legend of Cthulhu, you would have heard of a submerged city where the Cthulhu lives, and the exact coordinates of that submerged city are right here where you are standing. Right. And he says that the legend is very similar to, to the Huilliche Mapuche legend of the Kaikai Bilu, which was a monster that flooded and created the Chiloe Valley. And that monster is waiting to be released. Interesting. The Kraken. Right. I mean, basically. <laughs> a similar version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we cut to yet another interview. And this time it's with Armando Bamonde, director Departamento de Cultura de Dalcahue. Love that. So Paula asks him about the Trauco, but he's like, you know what? Let's talk about the Brujos yeah. instead. Yeah. And he says, the Brujos used to live in a cave that was in Kikabi. To become a Brujo, you had to get your baptism removed by standing underneath a waterfall, which is a test only few people could withstand at night in the spooky woods. I mean, this may be the Catholic fucking drilled into me, pero la la frase, quitarle el bautizo, Uh felt particularly dark. Oh, totally. I think for me, it was standing in the waterfall in the dark because I was like, oh, standing in our waterfall, sure. And he talks about like the huge pressure of the water often killed people and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then he was like, pero en el oscuro. And I'm like, ooh, I don't like that. Like the having to take away my baptism, first of all, awful. Like, let me go to heaven, please. Uh, (laughs) And I don't know that that him explaining feels, that felt particularly 
witchy. It yes. feels not not like not witchy. That's the wrong word. It feels demonic. Yes. It feels like really dark. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which really good visual. Yes. Just somebody standing in the dark under a waterfall. Ooh. Terrifying. He also says that to become a brujo, you had to kill a loved one to prove to the brujos that you love them more than your own family. Wow. He says the brujos also bred a creature that was half dog and half goat so that white men wouldn't get close to their cave and this creature would go out at night and scream a horrible scream that would terrify anyone nearby. But then somebody comes up and is like, excuse me, senor, senor Armando. <laughs> yeah, we need to talk to you. Shut up, please. And again, we're like, hmm. Another off Another weird interruption. interruption. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we cut back to that uh, beautiful shot that Matias set up of them overlooking the uh, overlooking Chiloé, and Matias is like mansplaining, and he's like, "By the way, Moby Dick Moby is also Dick Chilean. Originated in Chile. <laughs> the original name is Mocadic, <laughs> and he's like, in honor, it's in honor of the Isla Mocha, where in the 19th century, an albino sperm whale was seen near the island. Many writers based their stories on Chilean myths. Even when I was a kid, my brother showed me a comic book of Swamp Thing in which it was said that all the evil of the world originated in Chiloé. Okay, okay sure. Sure. So it's the middle of the night, and it's all dark. And we ke- we can hear Paula like laughing and giggling in the dark, like sexy, so Matias, sexy, sexy, yeah, yeah, get laughing. Uh-huh. I thought they were gonna show us like you know Fuck like it. them getting down and dirty. Yeah. Pero Matias turns on the camera light and he's like, "They, I told you I was gonna film you." So he films Paula like giggling and moaning and touching herself. Yeah, sexy times. Oh, what the hell? <laughs> so the next, it's the next morning. And this was random. Matias is filming and he zooms in on some like goat headed man figure toy that has been placed in the window. I don't know where that came from. With I a big dick. With a, I, But I was like, where, how, when? Yeah, wait. Quien wait, sabe. Here is, it is. Was it placed there? Was it already there? Like what's, what's We don't the... know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he asks Paula if she remembers last night, but then she starts to get all dizzy and like she's having like a fainting spell and she chokes and spits up what Matias says looks like a small chicken bone, even though we don't see it. Yeah. He, that's just what he describes. So it's a bit later on, and we're in this fun mercado where we see all sorts of fucking phallic trauco souvenirs everywhere, including one that's like a little statue of Matias <laughs> lifts up the skirt, and we see, I mean, a third leg, basically. I mean, the, the, the dicks that they show us in these little statues You're are just, just like... like Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> damn. God damn. Good Lord. This reminded me a lot of um, El Wembe in Nicaragua. Did we take you to uh-huh. El Wembe? Did we ever go to El Wembe when we... What's El Wembe? El oh, Wembe it's a mercado. Es el mercado que va. Yeah, que yeah, yeah. Siempre, if you want to bring treats home from Nicaragua, you go to El Wembe. So you get like rosquillas y las camisetas. Is that in Managua? It's in Managua. Okay, yeah. Where like you get t-shirts that say like gallo pinto or dia verga mm-hmm, or whatever mm-hmm. but there's also yeah. like lots of arts and crafts and shit and little statues and stuff like that and it, i was like este puro wembe, brother. i was like i, I think it. i have been there i think yeah. you have especially when we went together like return yeah 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 i think we did go yeah so they're at this mercado and 
Paula is looking at these like little crocheted dolls, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Here, I found a little Cthulhu for you, Matias." And he, Matias, is like, "Find me a Trauco doll." And the vendor lady is like, "No, no, no. We don't. You have will that not shit. find any Trauco stuff here. I don't sell anything that has to do with mythology because that's not native to this area." Ooh. She continues, right? I was mm-hmm. like, oh, damn, okay. She says, that stuff, like the mythology, was brought from elsewhere. Things that the conquistadores brought, not the locals. Mm. The Trauco legend has been used to cover up incest and pedophilia, which is something that is regrettably very deeply rooted in this island. In the rural areas, there is a lot of child abuse. We have the highest rate of child abuse in the country, and highly respected people from those areas use all sorts of ways to abuse children. So everything that has to do with mythology is negative. It does nothing for the culture. It hides cruel realities, and it's best to confront them head on. And by the way, my name is Patricia, and I think it's horrible when people come to Chiloé to learn about the the Trauco because it's bullshit and nobody's ever seen it. You know, it's funny because when she was explaining, she was like, you know, people of power, people, well-to-do people come to this area and take advantage of the children. And I literally wrote, Jeffrey Epstein. Ooh. Dude, I was yeah. like, this is sounding incredibly familiar. People that have power yeah. take advantage. And this, she, Patricia has a point. Like, people using myths and legends, using religion, using all these, like, their power to take yeah. advantage of people that either have lesser education, that are, are in rural communities, that. Children. Yeah. It's just, it's, I mean, good for you, Patricia. Yeah. I must say, like, as much as all the shit she was spouting was horrible to listen to, I was also just like, oh, damn. Wow. And I love that she's like, no, I'm not going to fucking sell that fucking bullshit. This is not my people. It's not my culture. It was brought in here. Fuck the Trauco. Protect my community, you bitch. And I love it. And then down the street, (laughs) not even down the street, like right next door. Literally right there. Literally right there. (laughs) Another lady's like, well, Yo vi el trauco, and it's like, ma'am. <laughs> Excuse me. You're literally. You're just gonna shit on shit all over what Patricia just said. No. So Paula continues to interview people who are like, yes, the trauco exists. No, it doesn't. And she finally interviews this young man who says, listen, the trauco doesn't exist. The Jesuits inverted the legend when they arrived here on the island. The real word is chauco, mm. which is two words. Chao means the people from here, while ko means water or water being. So when the colonizers came, they changed the word to trauco. So when a man would go out to fish and be out at sea for months, he would come back to find that his wife or his lady, who would be indigenous, yeah, she would be pregnant clearly raped by the fucking colonizers. Yeah. So the myth was created to justify this. He says, it's all bullshit. The brujos don't exist. The trauco doesn't exist. It is not an indigenous view. Yeah. And then we cut to another woman who's like, yes, it does exist. And then other people are like, yes, yes, whatever. So it's just like all over the place. Pulled. You know? Pulled in two sides. Yeah. A little while later, they come across that same masked group from earlier in the the movie with the horrible mask and Mm. playing the music. Yeah. And Paula just fucking walks up and is like, in the middle of their routine with her microphone, is like, "Mm, excuse me, may I (laughs) ask you about the trauco? So the blonde mask person paints 
this weird red symbol onto Paula's forehead. The symbol would be a stick, a vertical stick, and then two opposite-facing crescent U's, shapes. Basically, yeah, yeah, which looks like a little man with a penis. Totally, and like, like the the right side up U or like crescent would be like almost like horns or almost something. Almost horns or arms, yeah. like or the brazos, yeah. arms and legs, and then the little the end, then, the bottom part of the vertical stick is fucking third the leg. dong. <laughs> So also, the dude in like the black devil mask throws shit, shit. on Paula. Literal shit. So she shit. freaks out. Matias and Paula run away. We cut back to their hotel room where Paula is desperately showering and Matias is filming himself again. And he's like, we've packed our bags. We're going to head back to Santiago tomorrow. But before we leave, we're making a last stop at the Bosque de Enotuco. And Paula comes out and she's like, absolutely not. We're going home. I have shit in my hair. <laughs> I, I've showered three times. There's still fucking shit in my hair. Yeah. And Matias is like, look, look, look. Tomorrow we're going to make a quick stop at the woods. We'll record in the woods and then we're gone. We cut to the next day with them driving by that same mercado where they spoke with Patricia. And Paula wants to interview her again. So they go inside and they ask for Patricia. But people are very weird and they're like, no, no, no. She's not here anymore. Oof. Goodbye. Patricia's dead. <laughs> oh, she's dead. And so Paula all of a sudden again gets lightheaded and dizzy. And this woman sits her down. And this woman and Matias are like tending to Paula. The woman brings Paula some tea, which Paula refuses. And she storms away. And it's just the tea woman and Matias left behind. And the woman is like, look. Paula is sick. She has the wekufe inside of her. Uh oh. Her soul is sick. And she says, Many Winca people, many Winca come looking for brujos and mythological creatures, but all they find are more Winca. And I looked up Winca, and apparently it means like the colonizers. Uh huh. It's white people. Yeah, the white people. <laughs> yeah. So white people come here looking for all these myths and legends, and all they find are, are more, more fucking white, white people. people. <laughs> <laughs> And so the tea woman is like, I'm the only one who can help her. So Matias goes outside of the mercado to find Paula. And he's like, look, this tea woman is willing to do a Mapuche healing ceremony on you. She said I can film it. And Paula flips out yeah. again. She's like, you're nuts. Fuck you. Goodbye. Let's get the fuck out of here. I want to go back to Santiago. I mean, she's not wrong. No, let's get the hell out of here. Yeah. I've had shit thrown on me. I'm I gotta dizzy. go. Yeah. Uh, let's go. Let's go. I've got my report. Thank you. <laughs> but of course, we cut to them driving through Chiloe more into like the rural area, which again looks gorgeous. There's uh. a weird rap song playing. Oh my God. And... <laughs> La canción estaba feo. Horrible, sos una mierda, maldito, perro. I was like, all these insults, dude, yeah. like, huevón, eh, eh, nalgudo, like, just And all... also came in loud, where I was like, oh, Loud damn. and hard, and just, like, Ooh. yelling insults at me. You're ugly, you're fat, you're, you're gross, or whatever. Like, What did I ever do me? to you? Yeah, sir. So, as they're driving, they approach a sign that says, Kikavi. We're now in the woods, and Paula's trying to do a reporter thing, saying, we're in the woods near Kikavi, where people say they've seen the trauco. We want to verify if the legend is true, so we will spend one night in the woods to find out. And then she's like, good, we're done, cool. She finishes, and she's like, great, let's get a couple shots, and then we're going to get, get the, the fuck, fuck out of here. here. Which, great idea. But Matias is like, hell no. Remember the cabins we just passed by? We're going to stay there 
tonight. Oh, dude. <sighs> we cut to them in this old, gross cabin. They go to bed, and a while later, they're awoken in the middle of the night by drumming nope. in the woods. No, Creeps. no, no. No, 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 no. So Matias wakes up and Paula isn't there. So off he goes into these dark, spooky ass woods. You no. keep hearing that drumming. No, Qué horror. Qué horror. drums in the woods, dude? dude. No, no. I don't know if I could. I would just be like screaming, Paula, Paula. can you come back, please? Donde Paula. Por favor. I'm going to be I in the car, to. Paula. <laughs> exactly. I'll be right here whenever you're ready. <laughs> But he's out there in the woods, and he finds Paula walking toward a waterfall. A waterfall. Uh-oh. <laughs> so he goes up to her, and she screams in fear as if she's being awoken from sleepwalking. So he takes her back to the cabin, and they find that it's been surrounded by what they assume is a salt circle. Yeah. Which is a protection thing. I believe from, so. From what I've learned. Yes. And they also discover like a weird necklace left for them on the front steps, which looks... Kind of like the little statue. Kind of like the little statue. But it did it look to you kind of like the red mark that was placed on her forehead? Also that, yeah. Right? And also, y este, uh -huh. el, este Matia inmediatamente toca todo. And I was like... Oh. Oh, my God, oh, my God. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. Don't mess with the salt circle, especially. Like, it's there to protect you. Yes. Hello. Come on. No. So they go into the cabin, and Matias is like, this is fucking awesome. This is going to be great for my movie. Don't be selfish, because your report is done. And I, remember, I want to do my thing, and they're fighting. Yo me voy. But then they start to hear the drumming again uy, 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 coming uy, uy, from this? outside. Okay. This was spooks. Okay. Spooks. Cuando empezaron a, a pelear and you heard it fighting and you you could hear you heard the drums going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Paula's like she's trying to shush him to Cause he's tell screaming. him cuz he's screaming. He's like you're a yeah. brat and you get to do your thing. What about me? And I'm not Steven Spielberg yet and whatever the fuck. <laughs> Entonces and but we can hear it. We can hear the drums. Yeah. And she's like, "Pero no, sh hey, but I'm trying to Shush. tell you to shut up so you can hear these drums going on." Yeah. And the minute he stops, and I was like, "Dude, drums are not cool, bro. I no. don't what like it." What sort of creepy ass ritual is going on outside? And why am I a part of it? And he's standing in front of the door that they just walked in, mm -hmm. which is kind of open, and I was like, "What's going to be back there, dude?" Yeah. Oof. And it's like, it's the kind of door where there are, it feels like old school where there's Isn't like that two called parts to the door. Barn, what is it called? Barn door? No. There's a word to it where the top you opens. Open the, top, See. the bottom stays closed. Yeah. It feels farmy to me, like barn yeah, yeah, farmy yeah, yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Matias goes and opens the door and there's a horrible white mask with a little mustache that scared the shit. A full jump. Dude, you I was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> no, it scared the shit out of me. Yeah. And so Paula's like, absolutely not. No, yo me voy, yo she me voy. Pa <laughs> she packs up. She's like, let's get the fuck out of here. So they go to the car, but shocker, it won't start. Matias checks the engine. They took the battery. Somebody stole the fucking battery. No, 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 no. So Paula's like, Don Pedro. And I was like, who is that? <laughs> <laughs> who is Don Pedro? <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, Don Pedro. I guess this is the guy who was like, sure, you can stay in my cabin. Yeah. But Matias is like, that dude's gone. He said he was going to be gone for days. But Paula's like banging on his, do on his cabin door. It opens. The door opens. Mm. And it's dark and creepy as fuck inside. No, 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 so they no, no. go in to look for him and they find 
all sorts of drawings of like demons and goat heads, skulls and weird demonic stuff. And my favorite part was that Matias went, <laughs> which I just love so much. <laughs> There's also uh, one of the pictures was also like that devil goat head hor- mm-hmm. or dog horse, not horse, dog goat Whatever. head. <laughs> and then there was like a bunch of naked pregnant women drawn around yes. him holding hands like in a fucking Ritual. circle. Yeah, some fucking yeah, yeah, coven yeah. bullshit. I was like, uh-oh, bro, this isn't good. Not good. They decide to try to just like fucking walk their way back to civiliz- civilization or at least to try to find a signal when they hear roaring <laughs> in the woods. No, 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 no. Paula straight up passes out. So Matias takes her back to the cabin and he's talking to the camera and he says, I'm sure that Trauco is out there. Okay. I'm going to set some traps. And then Paula wakes up and scared the shit out of me. Brother. Puta. What? She like, the bumped shit out of my me. head on the fan <laughs> of this Airbnb I'm staying in and the ceiling. Oh, man. Oh, my God. I don't know why I didn't see it coming, too. I was just like, no, I was sort porque... of like, oh, yes, talk to me, Matias, and yeah. bam. Brother. Fuck. Y también porque ella se levanta with, a, with another fucking Latino inhale, like we like to call it, being like, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Y yo, ay, yeah. Dios mío, este fue la gran puta casi me mata, brother. No jodas. Totally. So to calm Paula down, Matias grabs his guitar, which he's got, I guess. <laughs> I wrote, anyway, he be- <laughs> here's Wonderwall. <laughs> <laughs> so he begins to play her this lullaby on his guitar, which he's got a lovely voice, although he's very like, <laughs> it's lovely, but very like, <laughs> Alejandro Sanz. Growl. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. And the song, the lullaby is about a small black boy who is being told to sleep, but if he doesn't go to sleep, the white devil will eat his foot. Cachapumba, cachapum, or something <laughs> like that. This, it was I'm lovely. Pretty, it was pretty I'm sweet. pretty sure this is supposed to be the lullaby his mom sang to him. Yes, exactly. So this is, like you were mentioning, this is that moment of protection. Like yeah. This is a momentary safe space yeah. right now. And then and this... It, he, it's very, it is very lovely. Yeah, and the in the song, it's like, your mom will be home with quails and yeah. rica fruta and carne and de pork. puerco. And yeah. I was like, That's, this yeah. is so sweet. That's lovely. I'm yeah. hungry. Yeah. <laughs> so the lullaby works. Paula falls asleep and Matias goes outside. He's filming himself and he sets up a trap of three mounds of dirt and a bunch of like little stones. He, and he says when he's talking to right before she like wakes up with her like scared the shit out of us. Scared when she fucking scared the shit out of us. He's talking about how in the Wembe in la tienda that they were at in the mercado. mercado. Oh right, yeah. He bought yeah. a little book about el trauco that tells you like how to protect yourself from yes. it. Yes. So right. when he right. goes outside to set up these little traps. They're all from this little guide that he bought, like yeah. things to do against El Trauco or whatever. Interesting, because apparently the reason he sets up the, the little mounds and everything and the stones is because apparently the Trauco likes, likes to, to count, count things. <laughs> sure. Okay. Uh, so he sets up his little trap and then Matias goes to check on Paula, but apparently she's run off again. Y de nuevo. Like, Paula, Paula, where are you? Who he, he goes in search for her in the woods and we hear like seagulls and cawing like off in the distance what the fuck yeah 
And then he hears a chopping noise and he sees a figure wearing a pointy black hat emerge from behind a tree, which was genuinely creepy. When I tell you I was watching, because this is, again, we're POV, right? So we're seeing him run through the woods, but it's all very much looking towards the ground. Yes. And it went just long enough for me to be like, what? Something's what gonna we, pop out. Yeah, what are we panning up to? I mean, hands were oh, voguing in fear. Yes, I was like, there What's was a happen? there was a tiny vogue of fear in the in the yeah. face, and I was like, ¿A dónde va a salir la mierda? <laughs> and then we see this pointy hat, and I was like, no, 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 and I was kind of like sideways. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it, he get, falls down a hill, right? Right. Yeah, he freaks out clearly because he's like, what there's is a this pointy, pointy hat coming at him playing here. <laughs> So he falls, he's tumbling down a hill, but now he's on a gorgeous a beach. beach. And he hears Paula screaming, and it seems that the scream is coming from a cave. Like, we see this dark opening cave cavern thing. Which was mentioned by one of the three dudes. Yeah, we're like, <laughs> I think you know, the, the, the third one that was directores. talking about the brujos, I think he and they're talked like about caverns. a cave. Yeah. So all of a sudden we hear chanting, and Matias turns around and he sees a group of these black pointy hat people <laughs> which sounds so stupid but it's actually creepy it's very creepy like, it's I, creepy I'm, to so that you can visualize gang it's it's very kkk but black hoods it's very pointy atop the head kkk robes uh, yeah. and, but all in black and they're they're holding torches mm-hmm. and yeah. they're and it's you know sometimes i find that when choir music or like lots of uh-huh. sometimes doesn't sound incredibly creepy to me but this one Mm -hmm. this one was creepy for me it was creepy yeah it's a bunch of voices they're kind of what i would call like atonal yeah it's funky there's not like a lot of um umph to their no no they're not like projecting it's no So (laughs) Matias goes into the cave and these pointy-hatted people with their torches follow him. But they're also coming very slowly. Yeah, they're not chasing him. No. It's, and for a moment, I was like, do they not see him? And then I don't think they were coming after him. No, they're just coming for they're like their just ceremony. They're coming into this cave because yeah. there is a purpose, I believe. Yeah. So Matias goes into the cave and he finds a bunch of skulls and they seem placed rather like ceremonially. Yeah, very say. altery. Still, these pointy hat people approach. They're literally playing a lower a jaw bone. of like a cow or something. <laughs> And it's like rang, ka, ka, kang, ka, ka, kang. <laughs> on the teeth. It's like yeah. it's like almost like Disney. Remember in uh, Under the Sea what when that you, what's fish that instrument like oh, rang, ka, ta, ka, ta. it's what um, is that? it's called uh, oh, shit. I know it. Puta. It's called Guido o Guida. I think you're right. Espérate, I need to Google it. So me mata. Yeah, el Guido. It's a Guido. El Guido. So they're but playing a fucking of... Guido with a of a <laughs> lower teeth. jawbone. Yeah. <laughs> the teeth of an animal. So. Finally, in this cavern, Matias finds Paula. She's surrounded by a circle of these hooded people, and she's like near this crucifix of skulls. Paula is covered in blood. Covered. And mounting her on top of her is a man with a goat head? Goat? Go- I think this is meant Bull? to be goat slash dog it's, it's, head. Ah, that's why I was like, yes, so? Like, yeah. it's, a, it's a mix. Okay, yeah. so you can't quite tell goat slash dog. And this person goat slash dog thing is also covered in blood 
we see that Paula is like tied to a skeleton. I think we're supposed to interpret this as she's being raped by this man. Yes. Yeah. And she's, yeah. And she's just like, she's been like brutalized, covered in blood. Yeah. And then Matias is surrounded by these pointy hat people. And we see now that they're wearing these scary black masks. Yeah. But then we hear gunshots and there's a kerfuffle and we hear people being like, hey, wow, wow. (laughs) And then, (laughs) and then (laughs) a group of these, of these like white masks people same that we saw saw at the house that scared the shit out of us yeah and the door with the little mustache yeah all these people in these white masks come in they start to shoot the pointy hat people but then poor matias is mounted by this goat dog head person matias pulls this guy's mask off and it's the fucking governor governor. in a loincloth in a loincloth (laughs) covered in blood covered in blood and this governor slices Matias's throat open we see spurts of blood goodbye Matias poor Matias R.I.P. it's now daytime and a little kid picks up the camera (laughs) and starts to film and we hear a man speaking in what I will say is Mapuche native tongue I believe and he's saying are you sure he didn't see you we were wearing a coyon which I believe is the mask and Uh he says what matters is what is headed our way we must prepare for the worst the governor is not going to sit back and do nothing he is capable of burning down communities and blames us for everything and then that little kid continues filming the kid goes into this home where we hear someone saying she is sick. She will get better. And then we see Paula, and she's sitting, humming, and she's wearing that same necklace mm-hmm. that was left on the cabin steps earlier. Yes. And then, bam, Wekufe, the, the title of our movie. But then over the credits, we get a bunch of news reports that saying that say the governor of Chiloé is trying hard to stop some raging forest fires. Another news report, the government is blaming the Mapuche people for arson. Another report, police raided numerous Mapuche communities looking for the people responsible for the forest fires after pamphlets supporting the Mapuche cause were found near the fires. Now, Yet can I ask rep- you something? Uh, please, yeah. One of those reports, the one with the blonde lady, the one that's talking about the actual Matias Paula story, because she's like, yes, uh-huh. a young man was discovered murdered, and his name was Matias so-and-so. He was 33. The only suspect is this girl, Paula, who has not been found yet. Yeah. That obviously is part of the movie but the other two news reports which i think are actual news reports i believe so okay. i think that that seemed real yeah. as fuck because you can me. kind of see like visually you can kind of see that like the blonde lady talking about paula and and matias they are like oh let's put you in front of a green screen whatever and the other two sure. look like legit newsrooms yeah i wouldn't be surprised if they were real and also one of those reports like one of the ones that i think is real mm-hmm. says the chilean government announced it will invoke anti-terrorist laws <gasps> right. carried over from the, from the Pinochet, Pinochet dictatorship to blame the community. Right. So it's like, what the fuck is all of this? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
And then, like you said, the final reports are like, we found this body belonging to Matias Aldea. Paula Figueroa's fingerprints were found on the murder weapon. Paula is the primary suspect in the murder. Wow. Fin de la película. Good job. Thank you. So let's just... So I... This is what I'm going to say the, the fires are. Okay. And I could be wrong. But I believe the idea that this movie is giving us is that the fires are the brujos, meaning the government, basically, yeah. burning down villages and communities and, you know, getting rid of, like, the indigenous peoples. And I think that the fires at the end there might even be that last village we saw. So I'm thinking Paula burned in the fire. Possibly. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. I didn't think about that because I was wondering. Maybe. I had, I had the same idea of like, that's the governor getting rid of evidence of like mm-hmm. any fucking stuff that people that, you know, got rid of Patricia or whatever kind of thing. The people that right. aren't cooperating with his view of how he wants to run the thing. Yeah. But I didn't put together that maybe that's that indigenous town and that Paula was in there. I thought they were just like, we are hidden indigenous people and we're keeping her safe. That's what I thought was how it ended. I hope so. Me too. You know, because they were, that's what, I believe that's what the salt circle was. Yeah, yeah, they were Um, protecting, they were. They were protecting her. Yeah. And okay, so here's another question. Uh Do you think the blonde scary mask putting the signal on her forehead was a good thing or a bad thing? I was about to ask you the exact same thing. (laughs) And I'm going to say that that was protective. I think so, too, that the shit that they put in her hair was. Yeah. And I did find some trivia shit about the shit. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm going to say that the mask dancing troupe was protecting them. I think so too. Even though yeah. I think maybe when it was creepy at first when they looked at them and they were like we are watching you. Mm-hmm. I think that was meant to be like they can sense something is going on there that something has targeted. already yeah, something has yeah. already been infiltrated in her body or in their thing whatever. Yeah, I so. think I think so too. Okay. Great. Well, let's get into some trivia. All right. So Uh, I'm going to start my trivia with a little bit on what Wikipedia has to say about Chiloé. Lovely. It says here, Chiloé has been described by Renato Cárdenas. Hey, who is the dude. The dude in this film, historian at the Chilean National Library, as a, quote, distinct enclave linked more to the sea than the continent a fragile society with a strong sense of solidarity and a deep territorial attachment Mm. Chiloé's history began with the arrival of its first human inhabitants about 7,000 years ago spread along the coast of the Chiloé are a number of middens which are ancient dumps for domestic waste containing mollusk shells stone tools and bonfire remains and all of these remains indicate the presence of nomadic groups dedicated to the collection of marine creatures and also to hunting and fishing. Mm -hmm. When the Spanish conquistadores arrived on Chiloé Island in the 16th century the island was inhabited by the Chono Huilliche 
which is a these are all Mapuche tribes, El Chono, Wiiche, and Kunko peoples. The original peoples navigated the treacherous waters of the Chiloé archipelago in boats called dalcas with skill that impressed the Spaniards. Mm. The first Spaniard to sight the coast of Chiloé was the explorer Alonso de Camargo in 1540, and he as he was traveling to Peru. However, in an expedition ordered by Pedro de Valdivia, Captain Francisco de Uloa reached the Chacao Channel in 1553 and explored the islands forming the archipelago and is thus considered the first European discoverer of Chiloé. And then in 1558, the Spanish soldier Garcia Hurtado de Mendoza began an expedition which would culminate in Chiloé archipelago being claimed for the Spanish crown. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I'm going to talk about the Mapuche very quickly. Great. The Mapuche are a group of indigenous inhabitants of present-day south-central Chile and southwestern Argentina, including parts of present-day Patagonia. The collective term refers to a wide-ranging ethnicity composed of various groups who shared a common social, religious, and economic structure, as well as common linguistic heritage as Mapudungu, speakers Mapudungung is the language of the Mapuche so that's a little on the Mapuche just quickly these are the people now just to see what Wikipedia had to say about El Trauco, I googled mm. El Trauco and this is what Wikipedia says. In the traditional Chilote mythology of Chiloe, Chile, the Trauco is a humanoid creature of small stature, similar to a dwarf or goblin, who lives deep in the forest. It has an ugly face and legs without feet, <laughs> which is not something we did, we got. <laughs> okay, so the legend says the Trauco is a mythical entity that inhabits the woods of Chiloé, an island in the south of Chile. It is a child of the snake god Cocoy Bilu. <gasps> so Cthulhu is the dad of fucking El Trauco. Hey, daddy. <laughs> it has a powerful magnetism that attracts young and middle-aged women. According to the myth, the Trauco's wife is... <laughs> Is the wicked and ugly Fiura. <laughs> Incredibly rude. How dare you? That is my wife. <laughs> oh, man. The Trauco carries a small stone-headed hatchet that he uses to strike trees in the forest to symbolize his sexual potency. Oh, wow. So those drums, maybe those drums are meant to be... Oh, interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Upon being chosen by him, any woman, even if she's asleep, will go to the Trauco. Bewitched and helpless against his sexual allure, she falls at his feet and proceeds to engage in sexual intercourse with him. Some men of Chiloé fear the Trauco as they believe his gaze can be deadly. So great. So so you're fucked by the trauco, but if you're a man, you're just like, oh, he's looking at me. I don't like it. Fuck you. When a single woman is pregnant and no one steps forward as the father, people assume that the trauco is the father. Because the creature is irresistible, the woman is considered blameless. The trauco is sometimes invoked to explain sudden or unwanted pregnancies, especially in unmarried women. Hmm. Interesting that they are, uh, they're just the, the twist of them being blameless is interesting. To yeah, me. yeah. I'm you surprised know? that hmm. they're not like, you fucking 
slut. You fucking fucked with the trauco. Yeah, <laughs> yeah whatever. exactly. Edith Rebolledo Mueller, MSc in psych in sociology states the following quote in fact teen pregnancy has its explanation in this myth as a way to justify this shame hmm. then it will be cleansed by marriage as an institution that allows regulating and holding bodies into submission okay edith wow so that's what wikipedia has to say about the trauco and very quickly wekufe and, and wikipedia says <laughs> i just have to do this so when you go on Wikipedia and look up Wekufe, it says Wekufe, also known as, and here are all the different versions of the word Wekufe. They all sound similar, okay. but they're all spelled differently. Here we go. Wekufe, Wekufu, Watuku, Wekufu, Wekubo, Wekubu, Wekubu, Wekube, Wekobo. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. All with okay. different H's and C's and G's and U's with umlauts. Toda la mierda, brother. Wow. So, Wekufe is an important type of harmful spirit or demon in Mapuche mythology. The word Wekufe comes from the Mapudungun word Wekufu meaning demon or outside being. Hmm. But it is also, it was only after the arrival of Catholicism when the Mapuche people had gained the concept of evil that the word became associated with demons. Wow. Which all of this kind of the movie already explained, but like, you know. This was a, a colonized thought, yes, basically. Absolutely. The idea of the Wekufe. Yes. Uh, I found a lovely interview uh, article with Javier Attridge uh, on the website wickedhorror.com written by Tyler Dupay. So Wicked Horror asks, like the Blair Witch Project and Paranormal Activity, Wekufa sees its characters using their real life names. Mm. Do you find that tactic helps blur between the real and the imaginary for the audience? And Javier says, an aspect that the audience seems to enjoy about Wekufa is the, is the way it manages to break down the barrier between what's real and what's fiction. In order to achieve this, we set out to tell a story that had deep emotional connection. So we decided to explore our own fears and seek the answers to our own questions. While we were doing casting, by some magical twist of fate, we came across Matias Aldea and Paula Figueroa, who at the time were dating in real life and were paradoxically wow. not going through the best of times as a couple. Oh, damn. Okay. Yep. You can see it. <laughs> Enigmatically, they were going through the same crisis as a couple that the characters were going through in the script and as if that wasn't strange enough their personalities were eerily similar to those of the characters they play hmm. then as the shooting progressed like an episode taken directly from the twilight zone the already very thin line between fiction and reality began to disappear before our astonished eyes <laughs> that's why we decided that they would use their real names so there would be nothing between their reality and that of the characters 
characters they were playing. We went even further pushing the limits of narrative language using real myths and legends, real historical events, real locations and testimonies from real locals on the island, challenging the premise of, quote, based on real events, we desi- we decided to merge a bit of fiction with reality itself. Like you can tell this feels of this place, of this moment, yes. of these people. Yeah. Uh, so that worked to his advantage, of course. Totally. Wicked Horror also asked, your film is very self-referential, like you are celebrating the found footage filmmaking style, but also poking a bit of good-natured fun. It almost serves as a deconstruction of the found footage genre. Hmm. What inspired you to take that approach? And Javier says, that's exactly what I was aiming for, to give the found footage genre a a fresh take. I'm a huge fan of the POV style. Films like Noroi, Wreck, and The Blair Witch Project scared me more than any conventionally shot horror movie I've seen. Huh. Wow. Found footage is at its best when towing the line between fantasy and reality, bending it until it disappears. I always knew this was the best way to tell the story of Matias and Paula, a story that would have two overlapping plot threads. I wanted Wekufe to be creepy, intriguing, and smart, but also funny. So it occurred to me that I should use all the downsides of the genre to our advantage as a funny comment on the genre itself. So I thought that was fun. That was a good little bit of information on his film. Yeah. And to finish off my trivia, I was like, what is this Greek myth that they talk about in the beginning where you gave a gold coin? And I was like... Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure this probably has to do with sticks or like the river sticks. Mm-hmm. I googled Greek mythology gold coin underworld and I got the story of Charon or Charon. C H A R O Charon. 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 So Sharon in uh, Greek mythology is the son of Erebus and Nyx, also known as Night, whose duty it was to ferry over the rivers of Styx and Asheron. Acheron? Uh, Sharon. To ferry... <laughs> Sharon? A Sharon. <laughs> um, to ferry over these souls of the deceased who had received the rites of burial. And in payment, he received the coin that was placed in the mouth of the corpse. So when, in, <gasps> when people died back in the day, they would put a coin in their mouth, and that was the payment yeah. to take them into the underworld. It reminds me of the third Annabelle movie. Remember that with the fairy man? Ferryman? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. creeps. Yeah. Anyways, that's a little bit about Sharon and uh, everything she has Thank to you, offer Sharon. to us. <laughs> and that's the end of my trivia. Love it. All right, here we go. So I looked up that POV horror found footage films production company from the top that scared us. Cool. And I found this. This is from... POVHorror.com. POV Horror is a premium streaming service specializing in found footage horror films. Our mission is to provide the largest offering of found footage horror movies. We work closely with the found footage film experts at found footage. <laughs> so much found footage. <laughs> at found footage critic. 
to procure the latest found footage films from new and veteran filmmakers around the world. Our catalog contains films from over 15 countries and is growing on a weekly basis. POV Horror has something for everyone, from the casual fan to the hardcore... I don't know why I have the giggles <laughs> right now. I'm sorry. Okay. From the casual fan to the hardcore horror devotee. Whether you're looking for a classic suspense film... <laughs> Damn it. A cat and mouse thriller, a good old-fashioned monster movie, a terrifying tale of the supernatural, or a bloody masterpiece. You'll always find something to scare you in a new way at POV Horror. Our movies are created by horror. Our movies are created by horror aficionados with a deep love and respect for the many peculiar... Whatever. Peculiar (laughs) varieties and genres of horror. They showcase films you never knew existed right alongside old favorites that never fail to frighten and everything in between. Which I was just like, I never knew that there was... This is a streaming service Uh specifically for found footage. Wow. Wow. So if you're really into found footage... That's your jam. Here it is. POVhorror.com. So I also looked up Chiloe Island. You you know, took us through the whole thing, but I did want to just add this little teeny tiny thing, which I found like pertained to the movie, uh-huh. which this is also from the Wikipedia article. The island was originally called New Galicia, Galicia, oh, Galicia. by the Spanish discoverers, discoverers, whatever. But this name did not stick and the name Chiloe, meaning place of seagulls in the Huiche language was given to the island, which I was like, ooh, seagulls. At the end, remember all those seagulls cawing? Which I think that must have been a purposeful choice. Sure. So, cool. Love that. About the Mapuche, I'm not going to read it, but they have this, if you want to look it up, go to Wikipedia. They have a cool thing about like their co-gender views, which I was like, whoa, damn. Okay. So, recommend looking that up. Way to go, Mapuche. So, I also looked up the Trauco, and this little thing, which I mentioned before about the shit. Oh, yeah. I wanted to talk about. This is from villains.fandom.com, and it <laughs> says here, it is possible for the target of the Trauco's affections to avoid him. Plathen states, I don't know who the hell Plathen is, I'm sorry. Plathen states that the creature will often enter the house of its potential victim and makes his presence known by defecating on the <gasps> threshold or sending the person dreams. Excuse me, how dare you Ex- ew. poop on my threshold? <laughs> In the former case, burning the Trauco's droppings is said to ward him off. It is also recommended that the woman who the Trauco intends to, to, to seduce throw a handful of sand at him, at which point he will become engaged in counting the grains, and the prospective victim will have the time to escape. That's what the little mounds of things that he was setting up yeah, were. Yeah, counting He shit. loves to count. He loves to count, but the reason I brought up the shit is because it's <laughs> it says here that, you know, burning the Trauco's droppings is said to ward him off. It's not quite the same, but yeah. interesting that that group of people through shit, shit on, on Paula, yeah. which again to me seems like a way of warding off the Trauco. Right. But if he's You know what I mean? But if he's shitting on their threshold, doesn't that mean that maybe they're bringing the Trauco to her? I don't know. But also I'm not sure. how can you how can I mean I I see both 
I, I understand. Yeah. I definitely can see how putting shit on her. I think be there's like, a Get link. Get it away. Yeah. There's something there that we are missing because we're not yeah. from there or don't yeah. know it well. But I think this again, like if, the seagulls, this was purposeful. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Uh, just want to mention very quickly Mocha Island, which is a small Chilean island located west of the coast of Arauco province. I apologize if I'm not pronouncing that correctly. In Mapuche mythology, the souls of dead people travel west to visit this island. <gasps> the island today is home to the Mocha Island National Reserve. I assume it's Mocha and not Mocha. Yeah. Which is a nature reserve that covers approximately 45% of the island's surface. Cool. The island is noted as the location of numerous historic shipwrecks. <gasps> the waters off the island are a popular place for recreational sea fishing. Cool. The island was historically inhabited by an indigenous coastal population of Mapuches known as the Lafquenches. And, como se llama, el Matias was not just mansplaining. Well, I mean, he was, but he wasn't <laughs> full of shit, is what I'm saying. Because, according to Wikipedia, the waters off the island are also noted as the home to a famous 19th century sperm whale, Mocha Dick, as re- <laughs> as depicted by... <laughs> it's ridiculous. As depicted by American explorer and author Jeremiah N. Reynolds, who published an account, Mocha Dick, or The White Whale of the Pacific. In May 1839, in Knickerbocker Magazine in New York, Mocha Dick was, in part, the inspiration for the fictional whale Moby Dick in the 1851 novel Moby Dick by Herman Melville. Cool. Cool. This is from news.mongabay.com, and it is called The Salmon Crisis in Chile's Chiloé Island by Rodrigo Soberanes and Andres Pérez, which came out in October of 2016. Interesting, because that's when this movie came out. Oh, my. And it says here, I won't read the whole thing because the article is very long, but highly recommend reading it if you're interested. So one of the world's major salmon-producing regions has been hit by an environmental crisis in early Early May, an unprecedented fish kill struck the archipelago of Chiloé, located in southern Chile. Fishers blame salmon companies for causing the pollution. Meanwhile, the Chilean government stands by its initial stance that the problem originated with a red tide, which is a harmful algae bloom. Environment NGO Greenpeace said the disaster was caused by pollution generated by 9,000 tons, according to their calculations, of rotting salmon that were tossed in the open ocean this March, meaning 2016, and brought landwards by a sea current coming from Chiloé. Fuck. So it can like the article, like I said, is lengthy, but it's just like, I was like, oh, damn, this... uh, this happened. And very quickly from dreadcentral.com, I don't know who wrote this, I apologize, but it was an interview, not an interview, but they have like a little quote from yeah. Javier Atridge, uh-huh. which says, from an early age, I was drawn to the Chilote mythology universe. As I grew older, I began to question the real origin of these stories. Most impressive of all is that these events do not take place in the 1600s, when people believed blindly in the stories of witches and evil entities, Mm. but rather they are events that occur today. This triggered my need to tell this story. It's incredible to me that in the 21st century, these myths and legends continue to be 
believed. And that's my trivia for today. I mean, that's literally what I said earlier in the in the app. Yeah. I was like, there, it's the 20th century, and people are still holding on to this stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, this boy. movie really does bring up really interesting questions about myths, legends, mythology, colonialism. And like where it come from? Yeah. Colonialism. Who created the myths? For what reasons? Yeah. What are they covering up? Fascinating. Absolutely. Honestly. So, yeah. okay. Well, let me ask you some questions. Yes. Let's do it. Yes, please. Jonathan, were you scared? Yes. I'm going to say I was. How about you? I was also. I had uh, some moments of like, oh, okay. I see you. Yeah. 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 What was your best scare? When Paula woke up behind Matias, that scared the shit out of me. So that's it. What about you? Me too. And I gave a, a special shout out to the choir humming just because it was particularly Ooh. spooky for me. Yeah. Who was your favorite character? Patricia. (laughs) (laughs) I loved her. She's like, this myth does not belong to the people of Chiloé. Fuck you. So I loved it. What about you? For me, I gave my special shout out was Patricia because agreed. Mm -hmm. But for me, Mm -hmm. it was Paula just because her going up to that governor and being like, come mierda, what about this and this and this and this? I was like, yes, bitch, work. Um, Yes, loved it. (laughs) What was your best line? Erotizadas y embrujadas del amor. When Paula's talking about the trauco, I just love that. It's because so, the word er- erotizadas is very, it's a good it's, word. It's very good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What about you? Uh, for me, it was lo que ocurre dentro de este mestizaje, que es primero biológico porque los españoles llegaron sin mujeres. Mm. La madre de Chiloé es... Mapuche. And special shout out to Kachai. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. What was your best death? I guess Matias getting yeah. his throat slashed. We just Is had that... the one. Uh, that's it. Yeah. yeah. So I guess, I mean, it was fine. You know, it was yeah. fine. But the, I guess I'll give it to that one. The spurt, I wish, was less ketchup bodily and more yeah. splashy. I needed a little and a, also, a wider. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get it. Like, it's like the, the pulse of the blood or whatever. Pero también, he, like, vocalizes after his throat is slashed. I don't yeah. think you would be able to do that. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. Well. Uh, anyway, so. I yes. have, no, I don't know. Me neither. I've never had my throat <laughs> slut. Slut? And I hope. <laughs> slut? I've never had my throat slut. And I hope. Never to have my throat slut. Did you learn anything from this film of the culture? Hell yeah. Oh my I God, learned so, so much. So much. And so this much. was one, yes, I did some extra research, but absolutely taught me about the trauco. I've learned a lot. And not only that, but like, you know, I, the research, the stuff that it, with trivia, honestly, in a very like simple, broken down way, that was all referred to and explained yeah. in the film. Like it's, yeah. you learn about Chiloé, you learn about Spaniards coming and, and colonizing about their folklore and where it came from and how it arrived. I mean, it's, you learn a lot from this movie. Yeah. You literally learn from like real life directors of like cultural centers yeah sure it. sure they get Very interrupted cool. in the middle of their explanations yeah, for, by but, phone calls by but what are you gonna do phone calls whatever uh and finally how many ooies do you give this film i'll give it three ooies I learned a lot. I loved the myth stuff. I loved like subverting the myths and being like, well, what of this is actually like indigenous to this land? And what of this is bullshit brought by the colonizers to excuse their 
horrifying behavior. behavior. Yeah. I really, really enjoy that switch up. I think it's smart. I think Javier Attridge was like was really delivering a strong message here. I enjoyed the characters. I thought the acting was good. I learned so much. I was spooked. I must say, like the ending, like the the attack in the cavern. Yeah. It wasn't like it didn't quite sell me. I don't know if that's the right saying. Like I wasn't quite convinced by it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I had a great time. I learned a lot. I think he th- that Javier Attridge nailed it. So three feels solid to me. Three ooies. Ooy, ooy, ooy. What about you? I'm giving it three and a half. I love it. First of all, I really appreciate the length of it. Oh my god. Using yes. it was very helpful for us this week in general, just because we've been <sighs> it's we've been running around like crazy people. Mm-hmm. But I think POV a lot of times, if you sit in it too long, it can get a little too much. And I think his format of the film was the smartest way of doing a POV film. We get a lot of information of what we're what our monster is, quote unquote, and we build the tension, we build we build the fear, we build the knowledge of what it is that we're afraid of, and then at the end we get a solid like here it is, here's some jumps, here's a final moment of like horribleness, Whoa. yeah, yeah, and then you end it with even more questions like oh here's a news report, here's like what happened to her, blah blah blah. So I thought he did a good job with like using this genre and like the way he delivered it. I obviously loved the folklore aspect. I loved using actual people that knew the information. Like when I looked up in Wikipedia and the fact that the information that we got in Wikipedia was from the man himself, I was like, I like that I can rely on this and, and not be like, well, is it or isn't? No, I got legit facts. Yeah. And I, I, just really enjoyed myself with this one. I don't know. Yeah. I had a I had a good time. I laughed. I thought it was fun, uh, self-referential and all that shit. I mean, a solid good time. So three yeah. and a half from me. And just to add on, the fact that this movie feels decidedly like anti-corrupt government. Like yes. this movie is for the people, supporting the indigenous people, like supporting like the like the actual like rooted indigenous roots. Of yeah. the Chiloé, like of the Ch- of the Mapuche people, feels but respectful also of that. The modern livelihood of the people of these islands, and like yeah. it feels environmental. It feels protective of Mm -hmm. this is a a story of like I'm trying to make sure you have the knowledge to understand that there are different forms of colonialism still happening this day and age Mm -hmm. you know it's not dudes in conquistador hats swimming up to your land it's shitty governors exactly exactly Mm -hmm. so it feels very of the now but at the same time very of the past and i think that's a really smart thing to do so yeah good job job. what a fun time well you know i want to get out of these woods because that big penis is looking at me in a funny way (laughs) (laughs) that third leg looks that third leg is very ominous intimidating (laughs) uh thank you so much for being with us today we're getting in the holiday times i hope you guys are um either finding ways to have fun with your fam or if not using us as an excuse to run away from them either way we're glad you're here with us boundaries Uh, 
boundaries. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Follow us on our redes sociales at Uyquerror on Twitter and Instagram. Send us an email, Uyquerror at gmail.com. Thank you to Sonoro for being uh, lovely and uh, supporting us and having so much lovely content for your ear holes you can follow them on instagram and twitter at sonoro podcast and um if you start dreaming of a tiny dwarf coming into your room at night if you find a pile of poop outside your door if you um are suddenly wake up and have a waterfall on your head i think it's time to (laughs) do to put some three little piles of a salt circle some (laughs) piles of sand and dirt to for him to count or you're gonna wake up pregnant girl i don't care who you is um johnny uh i hope you're breaking all your legs during uh christmas carol if you're in the dc area make sure and grab your tickets to go see him be bob cratchit and bob uh, cratchit (laughs) and good old christmas carol that's where i'm off to literally right now he's on his way uh (laughs) i'm glad that you and i are not in a big dicked uh, scary forest right now. <laughs> well, maybe we, we should be. Who knows? Lost our minds. Uh, oh, man. I fucking I mean, love you. Oh. I fucking love you. I, listen, it's my brain is off. I, I fucking, fucking love, love you. you. <laughs> we'll see you guys on la próxima semana. Adios. Adios. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.